but blame God because God gave it to me. John chapter 19, let us stand in beginning in verse number 25. Very familiar story. If you read your Bible, you know exactly where we're at. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, his mother's sister Mary and the wife of Cleopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom standing by whom he loved. And we know this is John. This is John who uh, laid his head on his bosom. This is John speaking in the third person here. The one whom he loved, he said it to his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own house and her own home. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the mercy and grace and love. We thank you for all that you've done. We, Lord, would you pray that you prick our hearts this morning. Lord, make us realize where we're at and what we need before it's too late. Father, we'll praise you. Empty me yourself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. We find something interesting at the cross of Calvary in chapter 19 here this morning. That all out of all the disciples said that they would go with the Lord to the cross, uh, only one did. Only one went to the cross with the, the, uh, the Lord. Remember right when they said uh, the night before he was betrayed, uh, uh, Jesus told him that he would be betrayed. He told them that he would be crucified. And the Bible said they, they told him that they would never leave him. They'll never forsake him. We'll go with you all the way to the end. We'll die with you. But here we find there's, there's only one standing at the cross. Judas has betrayed him. Peter has denied him. And the rest of them had ran out hiding in the dark, scared for their lives. And the only disciple that went through the trial with Jesus and beyond the trial of Jesus all the way to the foot of the cross was John. We know that we have, we find out that talk is cheap. I found that out with people today. They say one thing and do another thing. How many of you live long enough to know people like that? Amen. I, I know plenty of people say one thing and they'll do exactly a different thing. Let's be honest with each one. We, we can't get on a disciple. Let's just be honest with you and I. Let's just be transparent. We've all done that. I, I've done that. I, I've been sickly, poorly, and I, I have to be feeble. That uh, There's times that I've said, uh, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm not going to do this. Uh, I'm, I, I, Lord, I, I, I promise you I'll do that. Uh, I won't do that no more. And I find, I find I'm not doing what I said I won't do, and, and I don't do what I said I will do. We've all been down that road before. But we find here one man that stays behind. He gets close up. He looks at Calvary. Imagine this, we have read about it. We have studied about it. We have heard preaching on this. But to actually be standing at the foot of the cross of Jesus, looking at the battered body, looking at that tattered body, his beard's been plucked from him, he's been whipped by the cat and nine tails, flesh ripped from him, his face swollen so much uh, he can't see who he is, uh, the spear stuck to his side, the nails in his hands and the nails in his feet, he's standing six feet looking at the cross of Calvary, at this man that he knows there's a savior, he knows he's the bringing in the new kingdom, he's looking at him and he's dying and his very last breath 
Mother, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. Even on the cross, Jesus still loved people. We find that John goes all the way to Calvary, to Golgotha, the place of the skull. That's what the Bible calls it. But turn to Revelation chapter 4. I want you to see something here. Can I say Golgotha is not the last place? <laughs> it's not the last place he's going to see Jesus. In fact, he's going to see him in a much different view than he did on that cross at Calvary. Look at chapter 4 of Revelation this morning. This same apostle, this same disciple that watched him suffer, bled, and died. In verse 1, after, I, after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the voice, first voice which I heard was it of the trumpet talking to me. And said, come up hither, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. Hey, hey, immediately I was in a spirit. And behold, a, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat on the that was uh, he that sat was to look upon the jasper and the sardine and the stones. And there was a rainbow over him, and, and the throne and the sight like unto an emerald. Hey, this this the same John that was standing at the foot of the cross of Calvary is now at the throne of God. He's in glory. Watch what he finds there. He gets one that sits on a throne, and John knows who he is. John knows who he is. What do they say about this one that's sitting on a throne? Look at the very last verse of chapter 4 in chapter, uh, chapter uh, 4 here, last verse. In chapter 19, they, they cursed him, this one on the throne. Uh, uh, but in Revelation 4, they're throwing crowns at the throne. John 19, they kill this one that's on the throne. But in Revelation 4, they worship this one that is on the throne. It's quite a different scene from what John saw in 19, John chapter 19. Verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure there are and were created. Listen to me now. We find John, out of all the apostles, out of all the disciples, he's the only one that gets to see in detail and scenes in heaven and write about them. Now, Paul, Paul saw them, but Paul was told you can't write them. <laughs> Paul was told you can't write about it. But John here sees heaven in the scenes and he details throughout this whole chapter of Revelation of what he saw. You say, preacher, why is that? Listen to me. Here's the message. I don't want you to miss this. I'm telling you why I believe God allowed John to see glory. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Because he went to Golgotha. He went to Golgotha. Why God allowed John to see glory is because John was the only one that went to the cross. He was at the cross and Jesus suffered, bled, and died. And God said, I'll allow you 
to see some things that other people. I, I believe he's showing us this picture or typology that if you want to see, <laughs> that if you want to see glory, if you want to see the scenes that John saw, if you want to see that throne, uh, you want to take your crown and cast it at the feet of Jesus for thou art worthy, then you must go by Calvary. can't do it any other way. The only way. Glory does not, you cannot go to glory by religion. Can I say that? The road to glory does not go by good works. Amen. The road to glory does not go by education. Although those some education ain't bad, but some people are just too smart for their own good. The road of glory does not go by morality. The road of glory does not go by money. The road of glory does not go by keeping commandments. I'll tell you what the road goes by. If you want to see glory, you've got to go by Golgotha. If you want to see heaven, then you've got to see the horrors of the cross. You've got to see the horrors of the cross. The only way to heaven is not Baptist way, it's not the Catholic way, it's not the Presbyterian way, it's not the Muslim or the Buddhist way, it's the Bible way. It's the bloodstained way. It's the cross way. It is a Jesus way. If you're ever going to see glory, if you're ever going to see heaven, you first got to see the horrors of the cross of Calvary. I believe the reason why God allowed John to see and write what he did. Because he was the only one to go by the cross. Isn't it something men try to get to heaven by many different ways today? Except by the cross. You want to do it this morning? You'll have to go to hell for all eternity if you're trying to go any other way other than the cross. You can't get there unless you make a trip to the cross this morning. You say, preacher, I've never been to Israel. I've never been to that place called Golgotha. I haven't either. Let me say this. Listen to me. Don't miss this. John, John saw the cross personally he was there personally. He saw what Jesus looked like, what they'd done to the, the body of this Savior. He saw that personally, but John saw heaven by revelation. I am totally opposite from that. I've seen the cross by revelation, but one day I'm going to see heaven personally. Amen? John saw the cross personally and heaven by revelation. But one day by revelation of the word of God, I saw by faith the cross of Jesus and put my faith and what he did and trust in him and that I shall see the king with my own eyes. I will be in heaven because I went by the way of the cross this morning. Any other way that you try to get there, your good works, your money, you can't buy your way there. You must come by the cross this morning. I've told you this story before, and I love it, and it just seems to fit this morning right here, the Charing Cross in London. Anybody been to London? 
I don't care, you don't know where it's at, I do. Charing Cross in London is a place, is a roundabout. It's where we get our roundabouts here. You seen that one in Reasonable Roundabout? I hate those things. They got one in Paris that's got eight lanes around it. You don't know where to get in, get off, you, you get in the middle and just go like that. But the charring place is, is, is supposed to have been the center, the epic center of London, where if you get lost or you know anybody, everybody gave directions from the charring cross. That's what it was called. And, and they just shortened it, called it the cross. Well, it said one day that this policeman, the Bobby, came by and this little girl was crying. And she says, I've lost my mom. I lost my mom. He says, well, can you describe her to me? She told him, he says, I don't know. He says, well, let's look in the stores along the road here and see if she's in there. And they look, and she's still crying. I, I, I don't see my mama. I want to go home. I want to go home. He says, where do you live? Describe what you live. Tell me what's around it. She said, if you can get me to the cross, I can go home. Let me just say this this morning. If I can get you to the cross, if I can get you to the cross this morning, if I can get you to that place right there, you'll get to go home. You'll get to go home, amen? So John was the only one that went all the way to the cross of Calvary with Jesus and saw the, the beating that he took. But God, he, he saw Jesus in a different way here. Let me give you some things on why you won't appreciate it. Without getting into doctrine, there's some doctrinal reasons on why you can't go to heaven. <coughs> if you want to ask me that, we'll do it after the service. But there's some doctrinal reasons why you can't go to heaven. But let me just throw you out the three things right now that you just don't you want to go to heaven. First of all, you're not going to appreciate heaven if you, if you don't go by the cross. You're not going to appreciate heaven. If you went to heaven without going to the cross first, you would not appreciate it. John appreciates it here. How, you, how do you know John appreciates it? Well, in this chapter uh, 22 of, the, of this book here, Revelation, because he writes about it in great detail. He leaves nothing out. He describes everything he sees. He weeps in despair in chapter 5 because nobody could open up the book uh, until Jesus stepped up. And then in the last chapter, the beginning, the, he began to worship the light and everything he saw. He's neck deep into this thing. You can tell by John's writing and by John's action throughout the book of Revelation from chapter 4 to chapter 22 that he absolutely appreciates what he's seeing. You know what the whole book about the Revelation is about? It's not about the Antichrist, but it's in there. It's not about the tribulation, but it's in there. The whole book of Revelation is about Jesus Christ. The whole book of Revelation is about Jesus Christ. It, 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 it does not reveal the rapture, but it's there. But it, it, it's all about Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, the book's all about it. Because it's showing him off. It's, it's showcasing the Lord Jesus. Put him in the spotlight in one person. That the Lord Jesus Christ is this morning. Telling us what God is doing. From chapter 1 to chapter 22. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's showing him on the throne this morning. 
It's showing him as the lamb this morning. He's as the lion this morning. It shows him as the, the king this morning. And I thought to myself, why does John appreciate that so much? Why, why did John? I'm telling you because he saw him at Golgotha. He saw what he looked like. So why does he appreciate, appreciate heaven so much? When he popped out of this body on earth and moved to the third heaven and God starts showing him this stuff. When he sees one that's sitting on the throne, he remembers that one that was on the throne to look like on Golgotha. He remembers the crowns of throne, the swollen eyes, uh, uh, the, the beating that he received in the catanine tails, the flesh that was ripped from his body. Seeing those spikes in his hands, seeing those spikes in his feet. He remembers the lashing that he's got. He remembers the cursing and the spitting and, his, and, and the cussing at him. He remembers watching them as he walked by. Saying, yeah, you destroyed the temple. In three days, I'll rise it up again. Save thyself for thou be Christ. If you be the Son of God, come off of that cross. Hey, why don't you just call on Elijah and let him just swip down in that fiery chariot and get you out of here if you were the Son of God? John remembers watching that soldier taking a spear and shoving it to the side and the Lord and the Savior and seeing the blood and water flowing out. John remembers watching them as they took him off the cross and laid him down and wrapped him up. John remembers when they took him to the tomb, the borrowed tomb. John remembers his mother holding his body, crying and weeping over her dead son. But now he's walked through the pearly gates of heaven. He ain't suffering no more. He ain't bleeding no more. He ain't dying no more. He's sitting on the throne. He's eternal glory. He's got the scepter in his hand. He's got the crown of the glory on his head. And the angel choirs are singing, Holy, holy to God Almighty. There's lightning and there's thunder going on and rainbows and a sea of glass. He appreciates heaven because he went to Calvary. And if you want to know something one day, I'm going to that same place that John gone. And I won't be shocked. I won't be a stranger. I've already read about it. And I'm looking forward to that day when I can step out of this body and step in some... You know what? We, we, we're two, two spoiled brats. When I step into heaven, I'm not going to be unappreciated. I, I'm going to appreciate what he did for me. He died at the cross for me. He shed his blood for me. I'm going to appreciate that. And let me tell you what, when I get to heaven, I'm not just going to walk up to him. I'm going to fall on my feet thinking, oh God, you're worthy. I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. He said, thank you, Lord. There are those that can sit to listen to somebody Preach on the horrors of the cross and what Jesus did for them, what, what he went through for them. And it doesn't phase them. It doesn't move them. 
It doesn't stir the hearts. You won't appreciate it. You won't appreciate it until you go to the cross of Calvary. People don't appreciate the sacrifice that Jesus did for us. I, I, I appreciate it because I know I don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. For he, had me here, for he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might have the righteousness of God in him. He took my sins and I sure do appreciate that. You won't appreciate heaven unless you go by the way of the cross. You won't do it. You won't like the accompaniment that you will have. You won't like the company that's going to be there. The crowd that you're hanging out here proves you won't like the crowd there. Look at chapter 5, verse number 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, and thou hast redeemed us the glory by the blood out of the, every kindred, every tongue, and people and, and nations. Just keep on reading. If you want to read it, just go home and read it for yourself. Read down, all the way down. Worthy is the Lamb, worshiping Him, He that liveth forever. There's a party going on in heaven. There's not a club. It's not a place where you can go and shake a group thing. There is shouting and praising going on in heaven. If the people you're hanging out with now, if the people that you associate with, your close people, and they are not the ones that singing glory to God, and they're doing all kinds of stuff, you're not going to like this cloud here. You're not going to like these people here. You don't realize when you get to heaven one day, they ain't going to be taking Jesus' name in vain no more. The crown that most people hang, hang out with here, no, that ain't like that in heaven. That's not heaven. You're, you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, I'm telling you. If, if that's the crowd you like hanging out with, that's not the crowd that's going to be there. Amen. The crowd here is excited. They're excited about three things in verse number nine. They're excited about the blessed Redeemer. If you can't get excited about the blessed Redeemer today, you cannot be excited about the blessed Redeemer in heaven. They said, thou art worthy, thou art worthy because thou has redeemed us. If it doesn't excite you one bit about Jesus redeeming your soul this morning, it sure won't excite you there. They were excited because he was a blessed redeemer. They were excited because they're singing about the book. They're singing about the book. <laughs> singing about the book. Thou art worthy to take the book. They're getting excited about a book. A book. You better believe it. If you're not, listen, if this book doesn't excite you down here, if this book doesn't move you, if this book don't put tears in your eyes, it's not going to do you one bit of good in heaven. You need to get excited about this book. Problem is, we have never read it. 
we throw it up in the back of our back window and gotten dust and faded out. We can't see it. Got it at home on our coffee tables. Dust laying all over it. We haven't read the book. You can't be excited about something you've never read this morning. Get into it. It excites you. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible. Hey, you just read it. They were excited about the book. They're excited about the blood. He said, thou hast redeemed us by the blood, God, by the blood. They're excited about the blood of the crucified, the risen Savior. Can I say, if none of this excites you, none of this moves you, you're not going to appreciate heaven one bit. An old preacher named Levon Boatner, years ago, he's passed away, was asked one day, by somebody trying to be smart. I love smart Elliot people. That old boy asked this man, this old preacher says, How do you know you ain't going to hell? Ron Boatner just turned around and turned around and says, Look, I ain't going in that direction. <laughs> I ain't going in that direction. Uh, what direction you head in? What direction are you going in? It's simple. I'm not heading in that direction. I, I took the book. I took the blood and I applied it to my life. I'm not going in the wrong direction. I'm heading in that direction. I appreciate what he done. I appreciate the cross of Calvary. I appreciate him dying. I appreciate him shedding his blood. I appreciate him rising on the third day and say, hey, I can go free. I appreciate, I'm going to appreciate heaven. Amen. If you can't appreciate none of that, you ain't going to appreciate heaven. Can I say this? You can't go glory without going to Golgotha. Because you'll be absent. If you don't go to Golgotha, you will miss out on heaven. Revelation 2015. I love this. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. Now, how do I get my name in that book of life? Chapter 127 tells us. Chapter 21, chapter, verse 27. This is talking about the New Jerusalem. There's a uh, where God's people are. They're, they're washed by the blood. They're going to spend eternity. Look at the people that inhabit it. And there shall be no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worship abomination, work abomination, or make of a lie. And they that are written in the Lamb's book of life, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That means you appreciate the Lamb to get your name in the book. He's called the Lamb because He was our sacrifice. The Lamb was sacrificed of Golgotha. He was our sacrifice. To get your uh, name in the Lamb Book of Life, you've got to go with the cross. You've got to go to that sacrifice. You've got to go to the place it was committed at. If you haven't trusted what He did for you at Glory. 
If he did it for you at the cross of Calvary, if you haven't trusted that, there's no way you can go to glory. No way. You're going to miss glory. You're going to miss it all to pieces. The only people in this city are those who accepted the Lamb and the fight, sacrifice that he did at the cross of Calvary. Can I like to say to, the, to you this morning, heaven is available, hell is avoidable. Simple as that. God made a way of escape. Heaven's available for everyone, that, and hell is avoidable for everyone. God loved, and grace is found at the place of Golgotha in the person of Jesus Christ. God loved sinners. And God's love for sinners is in the past because it was shown at the cross of Calvary. God loved you enough to send His Son to die for you. God, I love this. Jesus said to go to prepare a place, but go to prepare a place. I'll come again to see that I am, that you may be also. Now, he died over 2,000 years ago. Can you imagine the place that he's gone to prepare? It's taken him 2,000 years to build it. Mm, 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 mm. But you'll never appreciate heaven. You'll never appreciate glory until you go by the way of the cross. If you never come by the cross, if you never went to the cross, you've never accepted him for what he's done for you, you need to get to the altar today and say, Lord, here I am. I, 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 I know I'm headed to hell on my way, that direction. I'm heading that direction. I know I'm not heading to Calvary. I'm heading to hell. But I want to change my direction. I want to get it right. I want to serve you. I want to be what you want me to be. You need to get right. I'm telling you, everybody says, well, we got a lifetime ahead of us. My, not, my life is nearly over. It's nearly over. It ain't ahead. Of, my life is not ahead of me more. My life is behind me now. But I know where I'm heading. I know the direction I'm heading. Are you heading in that direction this morning? Because you'll never appreciate heaven. You'll never appreciate heaven until you come by the cross. Until you see the horrors that was committed at the cross of Calvary and see what Jesus did for you and I, you'll never appreciate glory one bit. So the question just this morning is, have you been to the cross? Have you been to the cross? You say, well, I went back when I was a child. 